Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. When I was in high school, my best friend Taylor and I, we would pick up this guy named Marvin Mason on Wednesdays to take him to church. Marvin did not have a vehicle. He did not have a license. And before Taylor and I met him, he lived a very sinful life. He also lived a a rapper kind of life. Marvin was a freestyle rapper. He was awful at rap. But he had posted YouTube videos, and I would show you a YouTube video of who we call Big Marv, but it's completely dishonoring and disappropriate to play in a worship service. So I cannot show you that. But Marvin became a Christian. Taylor and I began to invest in him, so we pick him up at church. And because we knew that he had this freestyle rap history, on the way to church, we would roll down our windows in our cars, and we would start playing music, and we would have Marvin freestyle. And Marvin would begin to freestyle rap about Jesus, the Lord. Marvin's refreshing was every day and night. He would say that after everything that he said. So he'd be like, Jesus was born of a virgin every day and night. Jesus lived and performed miracles every day and night. Jesus rose from the dead every day and night. Yeah, Jesus is my king every day and night. So he would play or rap these songs and he would try to give honor and glory to God. But his old habits would sometimes kick in. And as he was saying, Jesus rose from the grave every day and effing night. He would say the F word in his songs, and then he would go, oh, I didn't mean to say that, and then jump right back into his freestyle rap. So when I was little, my brother and I did not get along very well. My parents bought us this battery-powered Red Wheels Jeep. I don't know if you've had something like this before. By a show of hands, anybody have a car they could drive around their backyard when they were young just like that? So my brother and I, we had to share this car And I'm about to tell you something that cannot leave this room because it would ruin my reputation immensely. Now, my brother ran over me with one of these red Jeeps, but that's not the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part is because why my brother was able to run over me. We also had a blow-up pool in our backyard, just like this one. It's going to pop up on the screen. We swam in that red Jeep right there. And... uh, so just like that, and I, it was my brother's turn to drive the Jeep, and so I hopped in the pool, and I was swimming around, and uh, I got tired of swimming, so here comes the embarrassing part. I laid out a towel on the grass in my backyard, and I began to sunbathe as a seven-year-old kid. So don't tell anybody. It would ruin my reputation with all my three friends. So my, uh, my brother took notice of me just laying out in the grass sunbathing, oblivious to everything else. And for some reason, my brother decided to put the pedal to the metal. And at six miles per hour, he ran over me with that red Jeep. I was hurt. I was so mad. And with tears in my eyes, I yelled, I hate you. And my mom, I spit literally gallons of saliva right there. I yelled, I hate you. And then I noticed my mom, and she looked at me like she was about to kill me and said, I didn't mean to say that. Have you ever been in a moment, maybe the heat of the moment, where you said something to someone else, and you're like, ah, I didn't mean to say that. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? I would argue that that's exactly what you meant to say. Because I think that the heat of the moment gives us the opportunity to say exactly what we mean to say. Because I think the heat of the moment reveals our hearts. After all, it's Jesus who said that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Libby and Abby, would you guys come up here real quick and help me out? Uh, they have a knock-knock joke since we're talking about, I got the purple mic up here, 
They have a knock-knock joke that they want to say before we do this illustration. Oh, it's not a knock-knock joke. It's a... It's just a joke. My bad. Why was the peanut butter stuck in the road? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because there was a jam. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, traffic jam. Traffic. A traffic jam. Oh, gotcha. Go ahead and put the mic back on the stand. Okay, come here. Come here. So, Libby, I need you to hold this tube, okay? Now. Abby, I need you to put your hands out and cup your hands just like this. Abby, what do you think is in this tube that Libby is holding? Toothpaste. You think toothpaste is in that. All right, uh, Libby, would you take the cap off and reveal what is in there by squirting what is in that tube into Abby's hands? She thinks it's toothpaste, the whole thing. There you go. Perfect. Ew, that made a flatulence noise. Now, Abby, were you right? What flavor is it, you think? It smells like cin- blue cinnamon. That's strange. Okay, so Abby. Oh, don't put the cat back on. So you were right what was about to come out. You're right, it's toothpaste. Now, I want you to put that toothpaste back in the tube. You have five seconds. All of it. All of it. If you can't get it in there, just put it on Libby's face. I'm just kidding. Hey, would you guys give Abby, would you guys give Abby and Libby a, uh, a round of applause? You guys can go to the bathroom, throw that away, wash your hands, whatever you need to do. So they can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, and you can't take back the words that you say. James chapter 3 is what we're studying tonight. He's talking about our mouths. It was Jesus who said, uh, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I've come here to say one thing tonight. So if you don't hear anything else tonight, I want you to hear this. The conduct of our mouths reveals the condition of our hearts. So let's jump in to James chapter 3. Three, starting in verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So what James is saying is that the tongue is small, but it's strong. And he uses a number of metaphors to illustrate this point. I'm drawn to the fire, meta- the fire metaphor, this forest fire illustration that James uses because I know just how small of a spark can start a big fire and how once a fire gets going, it can be very hard to stop. In fact, I was doing some research on fire because I'm a weirdo and I fell across this video online to, uh, to demonstrate just how fast a fire can start burning. Check it out.
Hey, who was wondering if that bunny rabbit was going to make it? Anybody sad that the bunny rabbit got caught up in the flames? So fires, fires can spread quickly. Now, I think that the attitude we need to take is the same attitude of the lady in this next video that I'm going to show you. Her apartment building caught on fire, and she wanted to get out. This may be the best interview I have ever seen. Check it out. My friend came to the door. She said, well, I was on the phone cooking me and my baby some breakfast. And she said, hey, something wrong. It's popping. I said, what? She said, yeah. I said, no. So the girl come downstairs. She come out her apartment with her baby with no shoes on. I said, oh, girl, it's cold outside. She said, something ain't right. I said, oh, man. She said, oh, man, the building is on fire. <laughs> I said, no, what? I got my three kids and we bounced out. Uh-uh, we ain't gonna be in no fire. Not today. <laughs> Not today. So fires can, can burn and they can spread quickly. And the pain that our words can bring, well, that pain, it hurts deep and it spreads quickly. I would say that we need to figure out how we can get our tongue in check. I'm going to jump back in to James chapter 3. James writes, all kinds of animals, birds, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now, what James is saying is that the tongue is not necessarily the, the root of the problem. All the tongue does is it reveals the problem. So let me repeat to you once more this line. The conduct of our mouths reveals to us the condition of our hearts. The tongue itself is not our problem. James is saying nobody, and maybe everybody has tried, but nobody can get a rain, can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. It's not the root of the problem. It only reveals the problem. I want to I jump back into James. He says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now, take a flower or a plant, for example. A flower or plant. If you look at this flower or plant and you see that there's fruit hanging from this plant or that there's flowers on this plant, now you know that the flowers on there are not necessarily beautiful because they are flowers. No, it's not because of the fruit that you see that they're beautiful. It's because somebody took the time to take care of the ground and to nurture the soil so that the roots could go grow strong and deep. And the opposite is true. If you see an ugly plant or you see a dead plant, you know that it's not necessarily dead because of what you can see. But underneath the ground, in the soil, in the dirt, you know that nobody has taken care of that. You know that it hasn't been nurtured or tended for. So something that's dead is not going to produce something alive. I'm going to read the end of James again. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring 
produce fresh water. Now I'm going to ask you three questions, and I need you to verbally respond to all three questions that I ask you tonight. And I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to make it easy on you. The answer to all three questions is this. No. So I'm going to ask you a question, and every single one of you, I need every single one of you to respond with the word no. So the first question is this. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? The answer? No. Question number two. Can a fig tree bear olives? No. Or a... I wasn't finished with my question. But I love the eagerness. Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? The answer? Question number three. Can a dead heart speak words of life? The answer? No. I'll give you you the opportunity to answer again because that was very poor. Can a dead heart speak words of life? The answer? No. No. No, because the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's time to get to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is not your tongue. The root of the problem is your heart. I want to say something that may help you remember that the conduct of our mouths is revealed or reveals the condition of our heart. And it's a funny saying, but it's this. Your roots determine your fruits. It's funny. You can tweet it, Instagram it, whatever, musically. I don't care. Do what you need to do because it's true. I came up with that myself, so give me credit. Your roots determine your fruits. What's the root? Your heart. Your heart is the root. Jesus said that from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'm not interested in your tongue right now. I'm not interested in your mouth. I'm not interested necessarily in the words that you say because I love you. And I'm tempted to say right now, man, quit cussing. I'm tempted to say, quit gossiping. And quit lying and quit backtalking and quit spreading rumors and quit boasting about yourself. But I love you too much to tell you that because that would not get to the root of the problem. Because the root of the problem is not what you say, but it's the condition of your heart. So maybe you cuss, maybe you gossip, maybe you make crude and inappropriate jokes. It's not because of your tongue, it's because of your heart. And I'm tempted to sometimes when I find myself messing up with the words that I say, I'm tempted to address my tongue. But what I need to do is address my heart. And what you need to do is address your heart. Because the conduct of our mouths reveals the condition of our hearts. So here's the advice I have for you tonight. Advice from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 32. King Solomon, the wisest man to ever walk the earth, said, Above all else... Guard your hearts, for everything that you do flows from it. Seems like Jesus, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you want to fix your tongue? You want to tame your tongue? Don't look at your tongue. Look at your heart. Tonight I'm going to ask you to do something. Tonight I'm going to ask you to confess. Man, do you know why guys will make inappropriate jokes about girls? It's probably because they haven't guarded their hearts against pornography. You know, like girls spread rumors and gossip about one another. It's probably because they haven't guarded their hearts against jealousy. You don't know why you lie, even though you don't want to. It's probably because you haven't guarded your heart against the lies that Satan has been telling you. You want to know why your mouth conducts itself in a manner that is dishonoring and displeasing to the Lord? It's probably because you haven't guarded your heart 
against those things that are dishonoring and displeasing to the Lord. So guard your heart. Guard your heart. Tonight, I'm going to pray at the end of my sermon. And once I say amen, I'm going to ask you to do a few things. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is make your way to one of the corners of the room. In some of the corners, there's stools, some of them tables. And on those stools and tables, there's paper and markers. And what I want you to do on that piece of paper with that marker is write down how you've been letting your guard down. Man, the Bible says, guard your heart. But some of us have let our guards down. And it's affecting our heart. And it's causing a restless evil in our tongue. So if you've let your guard down against pornography, take that marker and write on that piece of paper, pornography. If you've let your guard down against jealousy, write jealousy. If you've let your guard down against the songs that you listen to, write music. If you've let your guard down against the movies that you watch, write movies. The conduct of our mouths reveals the condition of our hearts. Sometimes it's easy to hide the condition of our heart. But I want to remind you that what you hide can't be healed. And so once you've written that way in which you've dropped your guard, I'm going to ask you to give that paper to your leader. And then your leader's going to pray for you. James chapter 5, verse 16 it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Your tongue will never be fixed. Your tongue will never be tamed until you address the root of the problem, your heart. And so I'm going to take a moment to pause right now. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to reflect. How have you dropped your guard? What are you allowing into your heart? I'm going to pray. When I say amen, your leaders are going to spread out around the room. And I want you to go to one of the corners of the room, grab a marker, grab a paper, and confess how you've dropped your guard. Hand that paper to your leader, and they'll pray with you. God, I'm grateful to be here tonight. I'm grateful to get to study your scripture. God, I ask that you would convict us and to encourage us, Lord, to be honest with ourselves, to be honest with that marker as we write on the piece of paper. Lord, for some of us, it will be jealousy. For some of us, it will be pride. For some of us, it will be anxiety, lies, pornography, addiction, drugs, alcohol. So God, I ask that you convict our hearts tonight and allow us to confess and bring healing in the name of Jesus through the prayers that are offered up in this room to heaven tonight. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.